This is Marcus da Costa, pastor of House of Israel UK, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I also want you to know that the message you're about to hear will inspire, challenge, and provoke you unto the kingdom of God's citizenry. So listen carefully, take good notes, and I hope you'll be richly blessed by this message. If, you, if you've been going through this exploration of the Gospels with us, you will be familiar with the fact that Messiah Yeshua was considered one of Galilee. The title that was assigned unto him was Yeshua of Nazareth. And the reason why he became known as Yeshua of Nazareth and to be clumped into a group of people called Galileans was A, because Herod wanted him dead and then B, the Jews wanted him dead. So when he was teaching and preaching He chose in accordance to fulfill the scripture to minister from the region of Galilee. And yet now what we have from John chapter 7 is the Feast of Tabernacles. And it is during or is in preparation for this feast Yeshua heads up through Samaria till he gets to Jerusalem. We hear about in the previous message where Yeshua said some things about the spirit that this was the last day. The last great day of the feast. So where we are now, as we begin to consider John chapter 8 is the feast has concluded. The feast has concluded, but Yeshua seemingly remains in Jerusalem. And he will remain in Jerusalem to minister the gospel of the kingdom in the midst of those who hate him, who want him dead. But if you remember, the Bible says that he was sent unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So even in the midst of Jerusalem and Judea, where he previously would not go because they wanted him dead, it appears that there are some lost sheep in in that region. And so, though Jerusalem is ultimately like unto the valley of the shadow of death, he doesn't fear any evil because he knows that the Father is with him. Having declared on the last great day of the feast, 
that it is he who all men must come to if they first. Yeshua speaking of the spirit, those who believe on him will receive. Messiah remains in Jerusalem with his disciples, teaching in the midst of those who want him dead. The journey of transformation leads one unto becoming a son of the living God by the receiving of the word unto the adoption of the spirit, which those who believe him will receive. It is therefore necessary that his disciples can clearly distinguish those who thinly veil their obedience to the word all the while being leavened by sin and unrighteousness from those who abide in the sincere truth of Messiah. Otherwise, once their master ascends, though he's poured out the spirit, his disciples will be led by that of another who beguiles them through a distorting and manipulation of that which is written. If we follow the narrative of the Gospels, it is clear that the scribes, the Pharisees and the Sadducees are familiar with that which is written. However, though they were familiar with that which is written, and they had a zeal for that which is written. They didn't have that which is written in according to its context. They had added to the word. They had diminished from the word. And as a consequence, what they began to do was formulate at that time, a hybrid gospel, a hybrid gospel, a hybrid message, a hybrid Messiah, a hybrid covenant. And as a consequence, though they were adhering to the instruction to keep the feasts, to keep the Sabbaths and the commandments, Yeshua could turn around and say, None of you keep the law. Moses gave the law, but none of you keep it. Why are you going about to kill me? And that's the power of leaven. The poisonous nature of leaven. Because leaven will give you the ability to justify yourself while doing unjustifiable things like having murder in your heart against someone who is innocent blaspheming and lying against someone all the while you claim to be zealous for the most high The purpose of the spirit, therefore, and the purpose of this discipleship process is to ensure 
when Messiah ascends, when he ascends, that his disciples will be equipped to the degree where they can discern the difference between the sincerity and truth of Messiah from the religious establishment who palters, twists and distorts the word to create an outcome that they desire. And we're going to see some of that in today's message. We'll begin at John chapter 8, verse 1. John chapter 8, verse 1. Yeshua went unto the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple. And all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. Now, what we can see here is the location of the Mount of Olives. And here we can see the temple. The reason why I'm showing this to you, brothers and sisters, is because... It tells you early in the morning, he came again into the temple. Why is this important? Messiah Yeshua came to Jerusalem for the feasts. The feast has concluded. In the midst of the last great day, he said what he said regarding the spirit. And then it tells us that he went unto the Mount of Olives and then early in the morning, he comes to the temple. This is the next day. And what you will find is over the next few chapters, Yeshua remains in Jerusalem teaching. Further along in the narrative of John, we find that Yeshua is at the feast or at the dedication, the feast of dedication. Now, it's important to lay this foundation because ultimately we will get to the feast of dedication. Because though it's said and called the feast of dedication, which is ultimately Hanukkah. Hanukkah is not a feast of Yehovah. And what some people do is they will impress upon you to observe a feast that is not of Yehovah because it is in the Bible and use Yeshua as a means to justify and validate a feast that is not of Yehovah because it's in the Bible and Yeshua, the claim is that he honoured it. But it, it, if we just consider for a moment in John chapter 8 verse 1, verse 2, 
all the way up till we get into the 10th chapter, he remains in Jerusalem. The reason why he remains in Jerusalem is because he is teaching a people who the Bible says are the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And despite the fact that these people want him dead in Jerusalem, there are people who are going to hear what he said, who will come to believe. So he goes from the Mount of Olives back to the temple. Now I want to um, clarify a few things with regards to the temple. And I'll begin at 2 Chronicles 23 verse 6. It says, Let none come into the house of Jehovah, save the priests and they that minister of the Levites. They shall go in, for they are holy, but all the people shall keep the watch of Jehovah. Jeremiah 26 verse 2. Thus saith Jehovah, stand in the court of Jehovah's house and speak unto all the cities of Judah, which come to worship in the Lord's house, all the words that I command thee to speak unto them, diminish not a word. When we get to the New Testament portion of the Bible, even in the Old Testament portion of the Bible, it can sometimes be forgotten that when it says Yeshua went into the temple, Yeshua, when he was teaching and ministering the gospel of the kingdom, he was in the courts of the temple. The reason why this is important is because Yeshua, though he was considered a Galilean because that's where he came from, that's what the people were calling him. They were saying no prophet comes out of Galilee. They called him Yeshua of Nazareth. They were saying no prophet comes out of Galilee. So there's a distinction between what the people were considering to be Jews from the tribe of Judah. To, to a certain degree, although he was from the tribe of Judah, people who lived in the region of Judea, in addition to those who subscribed to the religion of the Jews and the religious establishment. Messiah wasn't going into the temple because the actual temple where you may have the Holy of Holies, the holy place, that is restricted to the Levites. And so 
There needs to be an, a, a, a refining of our understanding of the interchangeable term Jew. Because though it is a feast of the Jews, according to John chapter 7, Jews, Judeans, couldn't enter into the temple, the holy or the holy place that was restricted for the Levites. So can you see how for someone who doesn't understand the Tanakh, the Torah, who's unfamiliar with the law of the Most High, they can band around this term that all Israel are Jews and that there's only two people, Jews and Gentiles, all the while we have to appreciate that that's an interchangeable term because if you apply it universally, Sadducees wouldn't be permitted to be in the temple in the first place. It's important to recognize and discern the correct use of the interchangeable term Jew. Because otherwise one may conclude that Sadducees were Jews by tribe. When by law, those officiating the service in the tabernacle and the temple must be Levites. The part of the temple Yeshua sat and taught in at and after the feast of the Jews being from the tribe of Judah, was the court. However, Yeshua is a high priest, not according to the temple made with hands, but the true temple in heaven, and therefore has full access to the throne room to intercede on our behalf. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11, But Messiah being come an high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. What you can see here is Messiah, he is honouring the commandment of Jehovah whilst actually being prohibited to enter into the part of the temple where the service is taking place. Messiah said, while not being in the part of the temple while the service is taking place. If any man first let him come unto me. And out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. He was speaking of the spirit. 
and Messiah had not been glorified. In other words, the spirit of the living God, though they were doing a service, the spirit of the living God was with him, as opposed to those who were on the other side of the veil. He was the one who was filled with the spirit, though he wasn't on the other side of the veil. Though he wasn't into the holy place, the holy of holies, the spirit was with him. And so what we see is through this leavening process, the customs, the traditions of men, the introduction of man-made rites, rituals, you have a religious establishment who have commandeered the temple, commandeered the infrastructure whereby the commandments would have been kept. But they can't do that, brothers and sisters, with the temple that is in heaven. And with the temple that is in heaven, Messiah is the high priest. The one that is on earth, the people ambush, Father is not in the midst of. But because of their unrighteousness, it didn't mean that man was stripped access to the throne room because he already said from the very beginning of the establishment of the physical tabernacle and temple what house you going to build for me what house you going to make me and so what we see here is this alluding to of a new way and alluding to of a physical structure made with hands to the people of God being the tabernacles of the Most High, the people of God being the, the, the habitation of the Most High, the lively stones of the Father. And therefore, those who are following Messiah Yeshua, he being the chief cornerstone, the apostles and prophets being the foundation, they are being built upon the chief cornerstone and the foundation and have become a living temple of the Most High. And as such, individually, they can be filled with the spirit of the living God, if they come to Yeshua, if they follow after him, if they believe him. But as a corporate, Messiah is the head and they are the body. And the body is filled with the spirit. They are baptized into his body. 
Though they commandeered the temple, controlled and influenced the people through fear, because Yeshua is high priest of a greater and more perfect tabernacle, we have access to the Father by him. By law, Yeshua was excluded from the service of the temple, but taught, despite the threat of death, persecution and affliction from the courts. Yeshua's presence at the feasts and beyond alludes to his mediation of a better covenant, one which no man can defile through command over its infrastructure. It continues on. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Yeshua stooped down. And with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. With the understanding, especially with hindsight, consider how many lives have been lost, how many wars have been fought over real estate, over Jerusalem, the Temple Mount. How many people traverse sea, land, air to get to that particular part of land? When Messiah said, if you're thirsty, come unto me. If you're thirsty, come unto me. And then out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. These rivers of water that spring up into everlasting life. See, our focus can be on the carnal as opposed to the spirit. All the while, we've been given the indication that flesh, blood, carnal, profits nothing. The words that he speaks, they are spirit and life. And as such, looking back over time, we see a pressing of land for land, a emphasis on a geological location, and it's not for the coming into alignment with that which is written, 
That's not the purpose. The purpose ultimately is to claim back control of the people. See, when you have the real estate, you have control, you have power. And the reason why you have control and you have power is because you can therefore take the Bible, the word, the Tanakh, and use it as a means to bring people to you and bring them to you back under your control, influence and power. That's a misappropriation of scripture. It's a misappropriation of scripture. It's a leavening of the word to achieve an unbiblical outcome. And yet, though it is written and though we see Messiah Yeshua completely distinct. From what was going on in the midst of these people. You still have believers in Messiah honouring something we don't see the Father giving any honour or telling us to honour. And that's ultimately how we are going to find, we find it in scripture and if we believe scripture in a time to come, how... The adversary of our souls will deceive many people. And this lawless one who violates the law will sit in the temple as if he is the Most High. As if he is God made flesh. All the while, Yeshua says, come to me. And we're going to see, as we have spoken with regards to the, to the scripture. If you've got eyes to see, you'll come to him. If you're walking in life, in light, you'll come to him. Otherwise, what you'll do is... Instead of coming to him, the one who honoured father's word and kept father's commandments all the while was a high priest of the heavenly temple, not made with hands. People will turn their back on him to go to a physical structure, one which the very same word tells you will be the host of the adversary of our souls. John chapter 8 verse 3. Or verse 6 now. This they said tempting him that they might have to accuse him. But Yeshua stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. 
Now, if you turn to Leviticus chapter 20, verse 10. And the man that, com that committeth adultery with another man's wife, even he that committeth adultery with his neighbor's wife, the adulterer and the ad adulteress shall surely be put to death. You will notice when you read that passage, Leviticus 20 verse 10. It says the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. They said they caught the woman in the very act of adultery. But it seems as though the woman is standing alone. They caught the woman in the very act of adultery, but the woman is standing alone. And why is the woman standing alone? The claim was, this is what Moses said. Let's consider what they said to Yeshua. Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what, thou, what sayest thou? You may have children or, or even grown-ups, friends, colleagues. You say one thing to them and somehow they heard something completely different. This is, um, I have one of these challenges in my home, <laughs> in my home with my wife. I love my wife. But it seems as though there's this in, in, invisible scrambler that I can't see. So that when I'm speaking, the scrambler will take my words, jumble them all around before they reach her hearing. I've had, um, <laughs> I've had discussions with my wife, you know, where they're a little bit heated <laughs> and the scrambler will reach all the way back to, to two, three weeks ago and include what I said two, three weeks ago into the current discussion. And she hears what I said two, three weeks ago and, re and, and repeats what I just said today with what I said two, three weeks ago. The scrambler. These Jews and Pharisees, the Jews, the scribes, the Pharisees, this is what they were do, was doing to Yeshua. They were saying, we caught this woman in the very act of adultery. Now Moses said she should be stoned. Now Moses didn't say that. 
What Moses said, as we have read, is that if you catch a man in the act of adultery, sleeping with his neighbor's wife, bring the adulterer, bring the adulteress, and they'll both be put to death. What was the purpose of them bringing them to Yeshua? The purpose of them bringing the woman to Yeshua wasn't righteousness. Wasn't to abide by the law because if it was, the man who seems to be missing would have been brought as well. We heard the purpose. This they said, tempting him, this is John 8 verse 6, tempting him that they might have to accuse him. We don't know what they would have accused him. Maybe they felt like maybe he will not, he will not deal with her. Maybe he will not uh, stone her. Or maybe he will stone her. And then we can say, well, you didn't keep the law because the man wasn't here. Regardless, the intention wasn't righteousness. The intention was tempting and accused. And in the darkness of their heart, they now give license for that wickedness to be exposed. So you have to be careful. That the word of the Most High in your life doesn't get used as a tool to manipulate, to control, to condemn, to tempt and accuse people. You're just waiting for people to fail, to fall and stumble. So you can jump out of the bushel with your Bible. And we have to be mindful that people will try to do the very same thing to us. It is therefore so important that like Yeshua, you have the Ruach HaKadosh, A, and you live by the word B. Because if you live by the word and the word is hid in your heart and you have the Holy Spirit, though there may be people in the bushes waiting for you to fall, if those things be in you, you shall not fall. Why? Our master has ascended, but another helper is here. Our master has ascended, but he has sent forth the comforter, our teacher, our helper. One who will teach you all things, one who will tell you what is to come. 
one who will who will know the outcome of the relationship and therefore will not put, keep, put, allow you to feel easy around those who are going to betray you. Won't allow you to, to have peace in the presence of those who are not right. For you to do business with. For you to enter into covenants with. The intention of the scribes and Pharisees wasn't righteousness, but to tempt, accuse, and therefore justify their lust for murder. It's so important. That we inquire. Of the most high. We inquire of the most high. Because the Most High will let you know who you're dealing with. Not only will the Most High let you know who you're dealing with, the Most High will let you know you. And it's, it's super necessary that we, brothers and sisters, inquire of the one who is Alpha and Omega so we can get a, 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 a little peek through, a little peek through the window of that which is to come. Otherwise, we will be like unto these individuals walking in darkness. Now remember that he's in the temple. He's teaching at the temple, in the temple court, and he's declaring that because they're not coming to him, they're walking in darkness. We, therefore, brothers and sisters, need to walk in light. Now, if you're walking in the light, you can see where your foot is. You can see where you're stepping. If the ground is uneven. If there's something before you which may cause you to trip and stumble, you can generally do this because it's light. In darkness, if you want to get around safely in darkness, you won't have to walk tentatively. But this is a light and darkness which isn't using our natural eye. And so people are making great strides in their life, going to and fro, doing whatever their hearts desire to do, all the while can't see where they're going. Don't know what steps lead to their own destruction. And the... One of the biggest challenges is recognizing that darkness can cloak itself as if it is an angel of light. Darkness can present itself as light to you. That's why we need the spirit. That's why we need the word. 
Because otherwise, though Yeshua has Yeshua in the in the days of where he was leading his disciples, he could say tell he told the people clearly, Your father is the devil. The lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer and liar from the beginning. When he lies, he speaks unto his own. Yeshua didn't have any issues with discerning who is who. He understood uh, the study of trees and he could tell the fruit from the tree. But when he ascends, we still have to rely on him to discern these things. The religious establishment, driven by its servitude to sin and unrighteousness, will palter. They'll twist and distort the truth in order to create its own deceitful outcome. However, Yeshua, both knowing the word and being filled with the spirit, judges righteously. We'll continue in John chapter 8 verse 7. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest even unto the last. And Yeshua was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. It's interesting the, the language which is being used here. He isn't necessarily saying. If you haven't sinned in your life, cast the first stone. He's saying to the people, if you are without sin, cast the first stone. Yeshua, when they brought him, them, her to him, the scribes and Pharisees, he knew, though they were knowledgeable about the word, the, lawyer, the lawyers, the doctors of the law, they knew the word. The Pharisees, rulers of Israel, knew the word. The word was not in them. The word was not in them. That was the issue. They had a, a, a smorgasbord. Of some of Moses here, some of the prophets, some of the, 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 the Psalms. And then the elders. Teachers of the law. The rabbis. And they made it one. 
they made it one. And so Messiah was able to acknowledge if these are children of the devil, which he called them, they're sinful people. And you brought this woman to be judged and be condemned all the while you yourself is a sinner and us and as such if you are not a sinner cast the stone and messiah goes about his business he carries on his business now in Matthew chapter 7 verse 1, in Matthew chapter 7 verse 1, it reads, Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure you might, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote out of thy brother's eye, and behold, the beam is in thine own eye. See, Messiah, he taught this message from the mountain, from the plain. And the ultimate, to, to, to boil this message down, Before you judge someone else, you should judge yourself. Before you put forth the finger at someone else, you should consider yourself. And so when they came to him with the woman who they caught in the midst of adultery, all the while they have contravened the license they have to bring her to judge her. As described in the law of the Most High, he can recognize these people are hypocrites. They're judging her all the while they should be judging themselves because they are a sinful people. And if there's any message that we as believers should hold on to today is that. Because it's easy when you come into the Hebrew roots, into the Messianic, is to point your finger at the Christian. And how they are exceedingly violators of the law, all the while you're violating the law yourself. How they have a, a counterfeit Jesus, a counterfeit covenant, a counterfeit gospel. And at the same time, you have one yourself. Had the scribes and Pharisees been followers of Yeshua, they would have known to consider their own unrighteousness before putting forth the finger. Yeshua didn't license adultery contrary to the law, 
but their own conviction and guilt stopped them from stoning the woman. Yeshua being filled with the spirit and the word made flesh not only knows the word so he can point out their misappropriation of it. He can also discern their spirit. His word convicts their hypocrisy. And this is why we are encouraged to test the spirit, to test the spirits, to judge, to discern. Because not all those who speak using the, 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 the moniker of prophet, apostle, apostle, pastor, evangelist or teacher are part of the body. Not all of them. Not all of those who call them themselves uh, priest, pope, deacon, bishop, reverend, rabbi, so on and so forth, who may take reference from that which is written, are inspired by the spirit who caused the people to write it. So we have to measure. And Yeshua understood, though these people are at the temple, in the temple courts, the rulers of Israel, the Torah teachers, the lawyers of Israel, they're a sinful people. And that carnal nature of man exists to this day. Don't conclude for a moment that the Torah, the Torah movement don't have sinful people in it. Because believe me, they are, there are some sinful Torah teachers. There are some sinful Torah teachers who have platforms to, 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 to minister the law of God all the while not keeping it. And just like these people who had commandeered an infrastructure whereby they were able to control the masses, that goes on to this day. Only difference is, in the days of Yeshua, he was ministering from the courts. Today, he is our advocate on the right hand of the Father. John chapter 8 verse 10. When Yeshua had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Have no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Yeshua said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee, Go and sin no more. Had Yeshua condemned the woman, he would have become complicit with the twisting and distortion of scripture to tempt and accuse him. The witness is left and the adulteress stands without the adulterer. Yet the woman is instructed to sin no more. As at judgment, when the books are opened, all will be judged according to their works. 
Then spake Yeshua again unto, the, unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but he shall have the light of life. It's important for us to acknowledge the context of the passage. I am the light of the world. Now he has said this before. He has claimed this, this, this position before and assigned it unto his disciples. But the context of this exchange where he is speaking unto them is they try to condemn a woman. The woman they tried to condemn was caught in adultery. All the while in the condemning of the woman, A, they don't fulfill the scripture that gives them license to condemn the woman. And B, their heart is darkened because they actually want to accuse and attempt in Yeshua. So what the woman was doing and was in the very act of is darkness. The people who tried to bring them to Yeshua, what they were doing is darkness. And in conclusion, he tells the woman to sin no more. So he doesn't give her permission, a permit to continue darkness. He tells the woman to sin no more. And it is then he tells the people, it is then he speaks to the people, I am the light of the world. How much wickedness and unrighteousness and evil is done in the father's name, in the son's name, all the while, if they did that which the father and son did, there will be more light in the world. And the problem that the world has is they've created a separation between the character, the nature of the father, the character and nature of the son, the words of the father, the words of the son, the actions and deeds of the people they rose up to represent them from those who claim that they believe in them today. That's been a, 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 an issue since the time the book closes. See, the book closes at Revelation, but the spirit of the living God still lives to this day. So what happened? We hear that John was on the Isle of Patmos and then he, he, he relays in his epistle of Revelation things which must shortly come to pass. But then the people who believe in Yeshua as the Messiah don't do the things which are written about those 
who will overcome the things which will shortly come to pass. And as a consequence, you have a lot of people walking in darkness all the while having this, this false sense of righteousness because they're in the infrastructure of religion, just like these people were at the temple. Additionally, misappropriating the word in a bid to try and control, to manipulate, to tempt individuals. That is darkness. Yeshua says, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness. So now we get this, this, this impression of the importance of the spirit. Yeshua said he will give if people are thirsty and they come unto him. Because that system, which had been commandeered by the people, been corrupted and defiled in terms of its, its filtering from the, from the Father in heaven through to the prophets for them to enact. There's a distinction between that and its representatives and Messiah Yeshua and his representatives. And those who claim onto the old and its representatives find themselves just like Paul kicking against the pricks, persecuting the body of Messiah and battling with the Most Higher. There is a self-destructive nature pre-programmed into man, which causes them to deny the way of life and light. And that is the law of sin and death. Yeshua is the only means, the only means by which you can walk in life and in light. It's the only means by which you can truly have a measure for you to test yourself against. Because otherwise, value, normality, truth, justice, righteousness are all dependent based upon the dirt you are born on. If you were born in Pakistan, 
you're more than likely to be a Muslim. If you are born in India, you're more than likely to be a Hindu or a Sikh. If you're born in China, you're more than likely to be a Buddhist. In the land of Israel, you're more than likely to be Jewish. In the United States, in the UK, in Italy, you're more than likely to be a Christian or Catholic. All of these things have been assigned unto you by virtue of you being born into a, a land that has an infrastructure and system built around you. Right, wrong, truth, subjective. But if this subjective, there can be no truth. If truth becomes subjective, there is no truth. But when we're dealing with Yeshua, when we're dealing with the Most High, see Yeshua doesn't come from, from, from here. He describes where he comes from. He tells you, I came down. The coming down involved me coming through Mary. But he is also a child of Mary, but the beginning of creation. So before Mary he was, even though he came through Mary according to the flesh, and then he carries on to say, before Abraham I, I am. In other words, the issue that the world has, whereby everything is subjective, to the degree that the most detestable and perverse depths of the human psyche, depths of the devil, are all being typed into, the, into, into public policy. That which 50 years ago, 100 years ago, would be considered even in nations contrary to the law of Moses, the law of, of Jehovah, would have been considered detestable and criminal. Is being accepted today. But Yeshua didn't come from this place. He tells you his kingdom is not of this earth. He came from above. His truth. His word. Is not one whereby it was imposed upon him. By the rabbi, by the scribe, by the Pharisee, it came from the Most High. And as he's going about his business, day by day, moment, moment by moment, he is being given things to say. He is being told what to say and what to do. And therefore, 
if the truth is subjective in terms of mankind, then there is only one truth. And the truth that there is only one of is the one that came from outside of mankind. Outside of mankind, from the creator of mankind, who is expressing to people, this is how you live. I designed you, this is what you put in your body. I designed you, this is what you put on your body. I designed you, this is how you coexist with my creation. I designed you, I made you in my image. And therefore, this is how you live, being a part of my creation, being made in my image on my earth. If you want to have relationship with me, this is what you do. This is how you live. This is how you, you talk. This is how you raise your children. This is who you marry. This is what you do with your husband, with your wife, with your children. And Yeshua comes along into Israel. And though they have a culture which has a semblance of maintenance of the oracles, in the main, they were hypocrites, they were sinful people. And if you follow them, you're going to walk in darkness. You'll walk in darkness. And just like the scribes and Pharisees had sin while trying to condemn someone, if you follow sinful people, you will be a sinner and you will die in your sins. But if you follow Yeshua and you receive of the spirit, though you may have been a sinful person, you'll follow him into his death, into his resurrection and into the newness of life. John chapter 8 verse 13. The Pharisees therefore said unto him, Thou bearest record of thyself, thy record is not true. Yeshua answered and said unto them, Though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true. For I know whence I came, and whether I go. But ye cannot tell whence I came and whether I go. Ye judge after the flesh. I judge no man. And yet, if I judge, my judgment is true. For I am not alone, but I am my Father that sent me. For it is writ also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. The testimony of Yeshua is the words that he is saying. But in addition to the words that he is saying, the Most High 
is testifying that Yeshua's words are true through his partnership with the ministry. See, Yeshua, when Yeshua is raising people from the dead at his word, that's a witness testimony by the Father, declaring, I am with this one. My hand is upon this one. My hand is upon this one. He is anointed and filled with the Spirit. I am with him. Now the prophets prepared the people to experience this and see this and therefore judge and discern. So when he's sharing with the people, he's, he's declaring what I'm saying is true. I'm testifying of myself, but I'm not the only one who's testifying of me. The father is, is testifying also through the signs, through the wonders, through the miracles. And it's for this cause why when we looked at the spirit, the manifestation of the spirit is so necessary. Because what the Bible says is the kingdom of God isn't in word only, but in the demonstration of power when the kingdom comes the kingdom comes with power your focus can be upon how much you know but how much you know can be excluding the indwelling of the spirit. If it was based upon how much you know, then individuals like Richard Dawkins, Stephen Hawkins, individuals who have a lot of like carnal intelligence would be the apostle, would be the prophet. And they are, but not in the kingdom of Jehovah. They, they are these individuals in the, in the kingdoms of men. They are the holy ones, the set apart ones. The ones who speak and all men must listen to. The ones who... Who can talk and nations shut borders because that one has spoken and they are the, the, the anointed one. But not in the kingdom of Jehovah. In the kingdom of Jehovah, your, your, your speech can be simple. Because it is not your speech. That's important. Though faith comes by hearing. And the hearing is of the word of God. What is important. 
is that people have interaction with the Most High. People are reconciled to Him. And in order to be reconciled to the Most High, they need to be broken from the clasp of the devil. He needs to be kicked out. The yoke he has on people needs to be broken and destroyed. And as such, if you believe in him, you will cast out demons. It will follow you. That sign will follow you if you believe. If you believe in him, the sign of healing the sick will follow you. The sign of, 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 of people being set free from demonic oppression will follow you. And that's the father affirming his word. And that's exactly what happened with, with it, what Yeshua is speaking about here. He carries on in verse 18. I am one that bears witness of myself and the father that sent me beareth witness of me. Then said they unto him, where is thy father? Yeshua answered, ye neither know me nor my father. If ye had known me, you would have known my father also. These words spake Yeshua in the treasury as he taught in the temple and no man laid hands on him for his hour was not yet come. Then said Yeshua again unto them, I go my way and ye shall seek me and shall die in your sins. Whether I go, ye cannot come. Then said the Jews, will he, will he kill himself? Because he saith, whether I go, ye cannot come. And he said unto them, ye are from beneath and I am from above. Ye are of this world, I am not of this world. Again, Yeshua, again, Yeshua starts off about referring to himself as the light of the world. But he also says, I am not of this world. In other words, brothers and sisters, Anything that resembles this world is darkness. Anything that resembles this world is going to bring death. Is going to bring destruction. So Father sent one who is not of this world to provide the people of this world light and life. We therefore as people of this world have options. There's two of them. Are you going to live in this world 
and be of another? Or are you going to live in this world and be likened unto it? Because if you're likened unto it, you will perish. You will perish, you will die in your sins. In Exodus 19, he told the, the, the people of Israel. If you keep my commandments, my statutes and my judgments, I will make you a peculiar people. A kingdom of priests. What's he saying? All the nations surrounding you. You will be foreign to. You're going to be strange to. You're going to be set apart from if you keep my commandments. Moses never went up into that mountain and, and, and spent 40 days just, just, just thinking about what he could write. Father made it clear. I am coming. I will speak for myself and I'm going to ensure every single person hears me directly. This is coming from me. Our father in heaven speaks to the people of the earth who left Egypt directly saying this is how you live. Because if you live like the people of the earth, you will die in your sins. If you go back even further. Noah found grace in the sight of Jehovah because he was perfect in all of his generations. Every other person's imagination was full of evil. Father preserved. Noah, his wife, his sons, and his sons' wives. In other words, if you don't follow Yeshua, you're going to be walking in darkness. But there were people in the days where Yeshua said this, who were referencing the word. They were attempting to act on the word, although the word they were transmitting and acting on was incomplete and their intention was wicked. He said, ye are from beneath, I am from above. Ye are of this world, I am not of this world. My encouragement, my encouragement to people is to look beyond judging, like fleshly judgments. Look beyond judging according to the eye. Look beyond judging according to your own barometer. Use the barometer of the Father. Use the barometer of, the, of, of his son, Yeshua. Look through life through that lens. 
If you don't look through life via the lens of Yeshua, all you're seeing is darkness. The religious establishment at, in his day was a part of the world. Those who were officiating at the temple, the scribes, the Pharisees, were a part of the world. He came from above. There's no light in this world. We are the light of this world. We are the ones who are here in this world to, to transmit the light. Now, if, you hi if you're hiding, if you're hiding, if you're under the bush, hiding under the bed, if you have gone into the closet, where's the light going to come from? Don't presume the light's going to come from, from someone else, because in doing so, are you following Yeshua? He not only just went to Jerusalem because he kept the, commandment, the commandments of God. He went to Jerusalem in spite of the people tempting him, accusing him at the feast. And he stayed there. Because as you will see, there are people who needed to hear what he had to say. And when he finished speaking, there were people in the midst of this fear control who believed on him he could have just stayed in Jer he could have just stayed in galilee he could have just preached where people were running towards him uh, um, uh, we're bringing their sick for him to heal but his assignment was in the midst of the lions then That's who we have to follow. It carries on in verse 24. Going to be finishing shortly. I said therefore unto you. That ye shall die in your sins. For if ye believe not that I am he. Ye shall die in your sins. Then said they unto him. Who art thou? And Yeshua saith unto them. Even the same that I said unto you from the beginning. I have many things to say. And to judge of you. But ye that have sent. But he that sent me is true. And I speak to the world. Those things which I have heard of him. They understood not that he spoke to them of the father. Then said Yeshua unto them. When ye have lifted up the son of man. Then shall ye know that I am he. And that I do nothing of myself. But as my father have taught me. I speak, speak these things. And he that sent me is with me. The father have not left me alone. For I do always those things that please him. And as he spake these words. Many believed on him. 
as, as I've referenced, Messiah was sent unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. There were some lost sheep in Galilee. The Galileans were, had some lost sheep within them. The Jews of Jerusalem had some lost sheep in the midst of them. But Messiah didn't just preach and teach to Jews and Galileans. He taught and preached Samaritans, people of Syria, beyond the Jordan, Tyre and Sidon, Grecians, Canaanites. And many of them believed on him. And he did so in circumstances here where he was being tempted. He was being accused. But his role is to be light in the midst of darkness. If the light don't shine in the midst of darkness, those who are in darkness won't be able to see. Those who are in darkness won't be able to see the light of the world if Yeshua didn't not just go to the feast, but stay at the feast until his assignment was completed. You who know the truth, you who know Messiah, if you don't follow him, you're not the light. You have knowledge, you have information, but like unto the scribes and the Pharisees who had a semblance of knowledge of the word, the application of the word was erroneous. And therefore to justify themselves and their lifestyle, they used an erroneous application of the word to try and put out the light who exposed the darkness of who they were. And this is how, brothers and sisters, the body can be cannibalistic against the body. Those who profess the gospel of the kingdom boldly, without respect of persons, they become targets. Stones can be thrown at them. People can separate them from their company. Can persecute them. 
go out of their way to take other people away from them. Like, I, I'm not cool with the ministry. I'm not cool with what they're, they're teaching. And begin murmuring into the ears and try and pulling other people away from them. As if to say that they have been given license to murmur, complain and not a set procedure from Messiah Yeshua how to deal with offence. Messiah is the chief cornerstone of a new distinct belief system from that of the scribes, Pharisees and Sadducees that they controlled. It's important that we appreciate Messiah was from the tribe of Judah. They considered him a Galilean. His hometown was Nazareth. He did not adhere to the religion of the Jews, Judaism, but he was an Israelite. He was an Hebrew and he adhered to the commandments, statutes and judgments of the father being the word made flesh. Yeshua as high priest grants his disciples access to the throne which no man can commandeer. Without following him, just like those who tempted and desired to accuse him, you will be blind, walking in darkness and denying the light of life. This ultimately leads to condemnation and destruction. Dying in sin. Heavenly Father. I bless your name today. And thank you for everything that you've done. For me, my family. For the ministry. And for our brethren. I pray, Father, as we have assembled here today to hear from you. That there would be words of confirmation words of instruction and encouragement so that your people can can conclude this gathering together feeling blessed strengthened and provoked i pray father in yeshua's name that you'll help us to be the light of the world to not be of this world but to to be citizens of a kingdom of heaven where you reign within. Father, I pray in Yeshua's name that all words which have come from you will find good ground. That it, Father, will find good ground and produce fruit to the glorification of your name. I pray that you will hedge about your people. So the fowl of the air don't come and steal the word. That the enemy won't distract and pull away from that which is written. 
I pray your hedge of protection, Father, so we can continue to live in peace, in alignment with you. I pray these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. Blessed be the King. And there we are. We have, that's the conclusion of our teaching portion of the service today. And receive your blessing. May Jehovah bless you and keep you. May Jehovah make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May Jehovah lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Yeshua's name. Amen. And it's fitting to conclude with a reminder of what I mentioned earlier on with regards to baptism in Yeshua's name. On the 16th of May, I'm going to be gathering with people who desire to be baptised at Formby Beach. I'm also going to be gathering with people who desire to be filled with the spirit of the living God at Formby Beach. There will be the word, baptisms, filling of the spirit, fellowship. I'm hoping you bring food. It's going to be a, a blessed time in that regard, but most importantly, as the light of the world, we can't look to the world, brothers and sisters, for any indication of truth, of righteousness, of justice, of sanctification. We can't look to the world for life. We can't look to the world for light. That has to come from within us and within us has to come from above. I can't be looking around my country, the nation that I stand upon right now, looking around at how things are. Typing in the comments section how awful things are and then do nothing about it. Or the thing that I do about it isn't the thing that I believe will make a change, not just in this time, but in the time to come. The change that I want to be a part of is the change whereby though this day and age is wicked and is evil, the ultimate solution is to follow Yeshua and encourage other people, come this way. This is where the light is. And help them to walk in it. And my encouragement to you is to not walk in passiveness. Don't be a passive believer. Yeshua wasn't a passive man. 
he wasn't going around assaulting people. He wasn't a violent man. But he understood that here's the scribes, here's the Pharisees, here's the Sadducees, there are, here's all the people, here am I, but I'm not standing alone. I'm not standing alone. I may be in the court. You may have commandeered this place. I may be in the synagogue. You may have established a, a system whereby you can teach what you believe and control the narrative. But I'm not alone. And he tells me to go into all the world and that includes this place. Because this place is in the world that he designed and he, he created. That mindset he, he, he's given to us. He's given that mindset to us. It's true. There are laws, regulations, stipulations practices and policies that come from men but if we are claiming citizenship to his kingdom then his bylaws his directives need to be observed and upheld over and above And, and so I'm encouraging you. Don't be passive in your belief. Be, if the world is a dark place, then be light in the, in the midst of darkness. That's following Yeshua. And his disciples who saw what Yeshua was doing, would have experienced that for themselves. After the feast, Yeshua goes to the mountain. Early the next morning, he goes back to the temple. Goes to the mountain, back to the temple. Goes to the mountain. He's basically camping outside this place. Because he knows there are people in there who, when I speak to, they will believe. He's not really interested in the, the sheep who are not of the house of Israel. And who are lost, who aren't lost. Thank you for fellowshipping with us today. I hope the word was a tremendous blessing unto you. If it was then visit our website at hoiuk.com. Subscribe to our newsletter to stay connected. Follow our podcast on SoundCloud and on iTunes. And why not fellowship with us live in real time each Saturday at 1pm on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, 
and DLive. I hope to see you again soon. Shalom.